I've made it into my life. Like my life is tinnitus instead of, you know, tinnitus being maybe 20% of my life. It's like 80% of my life. So I need mm. to like reverse those two numbers. Hello and welcome back to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. And on today's podcast, um, yeah, we, we're talking about Petra's story. Um, what Petra just mentioned, feeling like 80% of her life is really directed by tinnitus and not by herself is something that I see a lot in the people I work with or people in the community. But especially today in Petra's story, it became clear that while we were doing a little bit of a piece on her personal story, um, how uh, she started dealing with tinnitus almost a year ago, but also how she has accomplished a lot already in her tinnitus management process and on her path to habituation, um, I think it became increasingly evident that there's a lot of things that go on when we start dealing with tinnitus. So I want to invite you to follow us along today uh, through Petra's story, through um, a little bit of a coaching session because we turned it into a short coaching session. And uh, yeah, maybe uh, as well as for Petra, a few light bulbs went up for her. Maybe you will have the same feeling after this episode and I hope you do. So uh, it would be fantastic if you um, want more of this stuff, more content, more courses, more um, check-ins and frequent events with us, then you know you can always find us at the usual link that I always share here with you guys on the podcast for our online community. It's uh, Club and... Still for the month of uh, August, you can get a special summer subscription that will enable you to get 20% off your monthly Tinnitus Club membership. Um, yeah, that's obviously supporting me, supporting the growth of the community, production of content and all the costs associated with it. But uh, let's do the intro and then get right into the uh, coaching session with Petra. Hello and welcome to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. This podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live a better life despite the ringing. This episode is brought to you by Linear, an evidence-based treatment for tinnitus which has been shown to improve tinnitus symptoms in large-scale clinical trials and real-world patients. Linear retrains the brain by playing soothing sounds and providing mild electrical stimulation to your tongue. It's now available throughout Europe and its latest clinical trial results were recently published in a Nature Scientific Journal. To find out more about Linear, where it's available and read about the research behind it, visit www.linear.com forward slash outring. That's L-E-N-I-R-E dot -E com forward slash outring. All right. Um, today's uh, version of the Outring Tinnitus podcast is um, a special one. I'm very excited to have uh, uh, Petra uh, on the show today. Uh, Petra is a member of our Tinnitus Club. And uh, yeah, Petra is going to talk a little bit about her story. Um, but actually, before I will, before I continue talking, which I do enough on this podcast, I would just, uh, yeah, invite Petra to uh, give herself, uh, 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 I mean, we are giving her a round of applause, but then to introduce herself, herself a little bit to our audience and yeah, share a little bit of your story with us, Petra. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me um, and having me in the club. The club is absolutely 
amazing and just being with you know a community that is going through the same thing that you're going through is very very helpful um yeah so i'm petra baker and i live in calgary alberta canada so very close to the mountains out here which is really nice so i do a lot of uh hiking and uh, mountain biking and that kind of thing. So I grew up in Calgary and my parents are actually German and Austrian. So they're from uh, Europe. Um, I actually lived in Europe for many, many years until like after university, I lived over in Prague for some time. Oh, lovely. Uh, I love that city. It's amazing. Oh, it's beautiful. It was yeah. beautiful. So, but now home in Canada, I'm just working and living here. I've got... Um, you know, my little doggy, I call him my my baby. So he's like a big red fox lab. So he's been oh, uh, a great so emotional support animal in a way. <laughs> so cute. We we always go walking through the uh, the little gardens here. And yesterday, it was amazing. Sorry to interrupt, but this just this, this because I get it. And um, we saw, I mean, we always walk through the gardens at night because in Berlin, we have a lot of foxes. And the foxes here, they're so used to oh. the humans that they just run around and they're not scared of you. But yesterday we had an especially funny encounter. There was a fox in the gardens. We saw him. He was about five meters from us. And next to the fox, literally like two meters from the fox, there was a little cat. And the fox was a young fox. You could see it. So because we saw, saw it a few times when he was way, way more little, like two months ago. And now he's grown up a little bit. So he was chasing the cat. But he was not oh chasing God. it like running. He was just walking <laughs> after it like super slowly. And then he just like stayed 20 centimeters from the cat. And then he would like, sort of bulge up like round his neck and then the cat was like what are you doing and he just like turned around and walked away again it's amazing wow. to see so funny yeah that's anyway sorry great. for interrupting your story please no that's okay <laughs> um yeah so i guess regarding my tinnitus it i got it about a year ago now so it was like last yeah. september um yeah. I think, I mean, it literally like appeared out of nowhere. Um, just all of a sudden I woke up and I had this ringing in my ears. Um, yeah. I thought like, what the heck is this? <laughs> it was yeah. pretty, pretty loud and intrusive. And then I just thought, well, it's, it's just going to go away. You know, sometimes you get that ringing and it usually just like disappears. So after like a day, I was like, okay, this is still happening. Um, I'm going to go to sleep, wake up the next day. It's going to be gone for sure. Um, yeah. Of course, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I started getting a little concerned, like what's going on here. Um, yeah, so it just basically it hasn't gone away. Um, I think it started because, I mean, I got um, I got COVID like before that and um from COVID, I had a lot of sinus issues. So I think it was like maybe connected with uh, my sinus issues. I also did, I went to an audiologist and they did say I had high frequency hearing loss. So I do, I do wear hearing aids now, which does help a little bit, which I was actually surprised when I put the hearing aids on and listened to the world. I couldn't believe like the amount of sounds I was missing out on. So that was very surprising. <laughs> Preach. Feel you. I feel you. I feel you. When I take my hearing aid out and then put it back in again, I'm like, uh, hello, birds. Hello, rain sounds. Hello, oh literally anything that is like 
50% of when I have the tab running uh, without the hearing aid, it's gone, like completely gone. Um, yeah, that's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is very surprising. And it's an appeal to people to go check out their ears, to get their ears mm -hmm. checked. Uh, if you have sentences, get your ears checked and see whether hearing aids could be helpful, right? Because, I mean, as soon as you have those hearing aids in, you will hear uh, significantly less of your sentences probably, yeah. Yeah, it was, I was shocked at the difference. I mean, it didn't really bother me. So I never, I mean, I never got my hearing tested until yeah, the test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mostly the problem is because most people's um, uh, speech understanding is not severely enough impacted, right? So our brain keeps on filling in for the gaps because we still know what the people are saying, but the clarity is impacted. So for example, it, from from uh, from voice, it turns into voice, right? Yes. But your 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 yes. your brain is filling in that gap. So, but that also means your brain is doing a massive compensation task the whole time and the whole day, and you get very tired. You get listening fatigue and so on and so forth. And also, your brain doesn't get the information it technically needs, right? So, as soon as you get the hearing aid in, it turns in from voice to voice again, yeah. And you hear the and that kind of yeah. you know these like these S and high frequency sounds within language are very important, right? You, you would say, no, language is always a speech banana. It happens in the low frequencies and it's just not turning into an audiology episode, but this is not <laughs> only where language happens, right? Because happens, does it happen? Happens, that is a big right. distinction, right? Between the little S at the end of the word, et cetera. And it, it can make a lot of difference. And if you don't have the hearing aids and you do have the hearing loss, your 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 brain has to compensate for that and is a lot more engaged and then also processing a lot more. And um, as we said at the start, I don't think it's unusual at all. I see a lot of people that um, have uh, uh, developed tinnitus in relation to COVID as well. Um, okay. it, it, yeah. and there, are, there are studies that uh, COVID, but not only COVID, but also other flu-like um, uh, flu uh, 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 diseases can cause uh, damage to... Uh, the hearing, right? Our hearing organ. So for example, when you have, have an ear infection, that can also mm -hmm. damage your hearing ability. In the same vein, um, a COVID infection can also spread in your sense of hearing and thereby, I mean, but 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 how are you going to be able to tell, right? The only thing you can see later on at the audiologist is see that you have that loss of frequencies, which is likely to correspond also with your tinnitus. So it's right. difficult, right. right? It's difficult to always make that perfect connection because hearing loss is something so uh, natural as we get older anyways, right? So it's very difficult to tell them them apart. Yeah. I know. I was just, I was shocked. I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I mean, I'm older, but I'm not that old. <laughs> I was like, I can't, can't be wearing hearing aids yet. <laughs> ah, um, Petra, you, you don't know what I was like. I mean, I started wearing <laughs> hearing aids when I was 21. Imagine sitting in university thinking like, oh, really? Yeah. Am I going to be this, uh, this looking like an 80-year-old grandpa? But then, honestly, <laughs> I, I I started, like, at first it was a little bit more difficult, but then, I, I, I like, my perspective shifted. And I was asking myself, like, look, the people here in the classroom with glasses and bad eyesight, they also put on yeah. their glasses because they, could, they wouldn't be able to see shit if they wouldn't wear their glasses right now, right? And, like, why would I uh, punish myself for the aesthetics of wearing a hearing aid, which, yes, of course, you see it and... I mean, yeah, I mean, but they're also not these old fleshy kind of thingies that your grandpa used to have, right? So they are very different these days. Yeah. Yeah. In you, fact, I mean, you, with your hairstyle, you can't even see them. I mean. Yeah, no one, no one even knows unless I tell them yeah. and then they're shocked. So, mm. yeah. 
Yeah, I have the I... Uh, the rose colored hearing aids. Oh, ah, lovely. <laughs> Very so, nice. And they, but... they, they go well with the Barbie movie now. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Awesome. I well, today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? So, nice. but no. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, because it came out of nowhere and it was so in, like, I just couldn't believe my brain could make this kind of loud sound and not stop. It just, it kind of plunged me into some depression. And I mean, in the beginning, I was having problems sleeping, um, having the panic attacks, like it just, and I've never been one, like I've never had anxiety before this. Like I'm pretty calm and centered and maybe a little like OCD sometimes, but um, this just- The usual stuff. Off balance, yep. like anything, yeah. Yep. So that was, that was really hard because um, I wasn't getting the proper sleep. And then just the thought that you're going to have this and it's never going to go away, put a mm. panic inside my brain. Mm. And it's like, you know, you, and now, like now that I've had it for so many months, I do like, I kind of track my days. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I track my manageable days versus my screaming days. And I have noticed like I do get those manageable days where it's almost like quiet. And mm. then it's like your hopes get up. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's it's going away. And then boom, the next day your head is screaming again and you're just like back down. And it's very emotionally, at least for myself, I'm finding it still very emotionally challenging because of the roller coaster. And I'm trying as, you know, as I participate in your group and talking to the other members in the community, you know, just trying not to get so emotionally wrapped, like my head wrapped around this whole thing. Because right now it's still, it's all I think about, like my, because it's there, I can't mm. not think about it. And I'm still mm. like, I've got the masking sounds around when I work and I mean, my goal is obviously to get habituated and not worry so much that the sound is there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. before we get into a little bit of um, a little bit of tackling that uh, uh, from my perspective, so from a coaching perspective, which we also want to do today, um, I just wanted to ask you quickly, what was your trajectory? So what did it look like from when you started dealing with your tendencies to maybe going to the ENT audiologist and, and how much yeah. of that anxiety of always experiencing then and not being able to get away from that was fueled by mm -hmm. whatever measures you took in order to understand it or to deal with it in the first place, right? So so what I'm getting at is like, what did it look like to go to the audiologist, maybe the ENT, or where did you get your information from, and how did right. that uh, anxiety response build? If 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 you know, if you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm my personality is that if there's something wrong in my world, I just immediately go and fix it. So I'm a fixer. <laughs> so this obviously the first thing I did, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go fix this. So I went to the doctor. Uh, they're like, well, there's nothing I can do. We'll send you to an ENT. So yeah. I went to the ENT, which took like, I think a couple months to get in to see the ENT specialist. And then I had an MRI as well. because so I was like, well, maybe there's something wrong with my brain or something. Mm. And obviously my MRI came back fine, which is 
like great in a way. <laughs> and then I went back to the ENT and he's like, well, there's nothing I can do. So again, it's like just the message that you just have to live with it and there's nothing we can do. So that was very disheartening. And that was like the first, I would say like six months, that whole process of going to these doctors and then seeing the audiologist and just discovering like there's apparently nothing I can do. So I started, you know, going on Google chats and which is also not the best thing because you hear these horror stories at the same time through that process of trying to find my own solutions. I found yourself, for example. Um, So that was very helpful. So there's a positive and negative to that as well. So that yep. was, yeah, that was sort of the process that yep. I went through. I, I think one of the biggest problems in tinnitus management is that right from the start, um, many people veer towards the negative anxiety reactive kind of way. And it's not like this sounds so disassociated, but that's exactly what happened to me as well, right? So it sounds so mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, uh, these negative responses from people. Like, no, I, I, it was the same for me. But what I'm saying is, I'm trying to put these into words of what happens in our society when someone starts dealing with tinnitus. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, the medical doctor says, like, oh crap, they're coming with a condition that they already in medical school said to us, there's nothing we can do about this. So that's something that the doctor doesn't want to feel like, right? The doctor wants to feel like he has the power to help anyone. That's why he became right. a doctor. Right. Yeah. So when the doctor becomes frustrated and maybe he's also not having the greatest day um, and yet another tinnitus patient comes because, I mean, they frequently see tinnitus patients because, I mean, it's just something that happens in in up to 20 to 25 in some countries, 30 percent of the population. Right. So every third person can can technically develop tinnitus. So they're seeing a lot of people and they also become frustrated, I guess, at some point of saying like, Yet another tinnitus patient, nothing I can do with this person. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry, there's nothing we can help you with. Just don't yeah. uh, uh, freak out about it too much. And then the next problem is, of course, we go um, to the internet and we look for solutions on the internet because that's what we do, right? We Like our car shows this lamp. I Google, okay, car lamp, yellow, uh, engine, what could it mean? <laughs> and then my car model. And then it says like, okay, these steps and you do this, right? Like, all right, let me try that. Okay, fix it. Awesome. Right. So tinnitus is the same thing. But the internet towards tinnitus is unfortunately such a dark hole of comments that haven't mm-hmm. been deleted. And the biggest thing that I always say is, do you think that someone who is suicidal but now habituated goes back and deletes their message about being suicidal that they just wanted to put out there in order to feel like they they just need to release all that? Like, right? Probably most people who are suicidal wouldn't even go post it on the internet, right? Like they would keep it to themselves and make up their minds and then do it or not do it. I mean, that sounds very raw now, but but people who do this often do it to vent their anger and frustration and to sort of feel like they're pouring it out somewhere. And I guess this is controversial now, so I'll, I'll keep this short. But the problem is eventually most of these people get better, right? Very few of them actually act on it. Most of these people get better none of these people go back and delete their comments in these forums because they start to forget about it. And the big problem with that is, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, well, I even like in the beginning, I had like really dark thoughts as well. So, Mm -hmm. and I didn't think I would be able to climb out of the dark hole that I got 
into like it can you can get yeah. into this hamster wheel of thoughts and it was yeah. like months of just being in this place of darkness and my message I guess for anyone who just who is getting tinnitus and having it in the beginning and going through that is there is a light at the end of the tunnel like even though it's very challenging and difficult the light is there and there are things that you can do to like get your quality of life back and I'm I mean, I'm still a little bit on that roller coaster, but at least I'm not like I'm sleeping now, which is a positive. Um, I'm not having like those huge dark moments. I have less panic attacks. I mean, there it's it's just I think because the process from start to getting to a point of, you know, feeling well again, it's it's just a long process. Yeah, I find it's just not like. as I said, like being the fixer, I want to fix it today or tomorrow. And it's like not one of those things just you can fix it in in that time period. Yeah, because you need to basically recondition yourself. Yeah, absolutely. To that response. But what I was building to, and yes, of course, maybe I should insert um, a bracket sentence here uh, in brackets. When you are feeling this dark, of course, there are people who are qualified to help you with this. There are Mm -hmm. medical doctors there are medications that can help you get through these times. It's absolutely acceptable and okay to go to therapy. We're in the year 2023. And if more people had gone to therapy, less people would feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's absolutely acceptable to do these kind of things. And you should absolutely get the help that you need and deserve when you are in these dark kind of moments, because that help is out there. Luckily, you don't have to go through it anymore. But even that and closing the brackets now, what I wanted to say is that the path of dealing with tinnitus becomes very quickly, very negatively weird. And that's also one of the reasons why people believe, for example, the offerings of our community or what I do in my coaching to be a little bit too bit too good to be true because they've heard so much negative stuff. They, right. they don't believe it's possible to get there. They don't believe it's possible to like continue the journey and that's part of why we're doing this podcast series now with people of the community and also with some coaching aspects but the 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 big problem is of course when you are starting with this negative reactive cycle of tinnitus and you're having all these negative emotions and feelings and you're feeling like you are in this dark place the stupid thing that's there 24 7 sometimes quieter sometimes louder always reminds you of that darkest place which for some people is the darkest place they've ever been to in their life I mean, there's yes. other people who have done much darker shit, but for some yeah. people, it's just the darkest period and you should never compare yourself to others. So what I'm saying is that if this is so negatively weird, instead of saying like, you know what, it's 20% of the population to experience this, you're absolutely not alone. It's more than normal. And look, here's some websites where you can get qualified and good advice on how to manage it and not just uh, online forums where people say, if this doesn't come out and help me, then I'm, then that's it for me. Right? right. So, so when when you when when you get a completely different perspective of starting of dealing with this, I and I always mean the mention the story with the with the construction workers, right? The construction with a young construction worker who develops tinnitus, and then at first says, "Oh, what is this?" and then goes to the old construction worker, says to the old construction worker, "Listen, I have this ringing in my ear." Old construction worker says, "Well, half of us guys have it. Don't worry about it. You will stop focusing on it in one or two days." And this guy never worries about it for the rest of his life. Because he doesn't do the right. thing. He doesn't go to the ENT. He doesn't go to the internet. He doesn't go to the audiologist. In his guild, it's normal. Most of them have tinnitus. 
right? Mm. But because mm. he starts to relate to it completely different, he doesn't even go to that dark place because that dark place is made out of your response to tinnitus, not out of tinnitus itself. And that's the first thing I wanted to establish because I think it's also going to be important again when we get into the part where I would uh, like to um, extend a little bit of coaching advice, especially on these up and down days of yours. That's something that I think we could nicely tackle today still. If you agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one thing before we get into that, I, I have to say that your community um, and, and joining in the accountability calls, they that was the point where I started, you know, feeling hope that it's going to be okay. Cause I met, there was one uh, member, I can't remember his name. I think it was Louie or something. And yeah, he he's saying, also Canadian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Louis uh, is also Canadian. Yeah. He was like, you know, don't, it's, it's okay. You know, you're going to like learn to just like be okay with it and um, have your life. And I just, I couldn't believe like his, he was just so inspiring to know that, okay, there is a point that maybe, yes, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And it's one thing when that comes from me, right? Having done this with uh, a few hundred coaching clients in the last few <laughs> years, in the last half decade, but it's something different when you hear it from another member who's just recently gone yeah. through this. So I think that's what we want to do with the community as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, building that trust in yourself, in the process, in the other members, in saying like, hey, listen, like, I mean, I as a coach, I can give individual personal advice, like we can do this right now, but um, I might not even have as many insights as if we are in a community of uh, 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 all these members who have maybe a story that's much more similar to yours, right? And then mm -hmm. using the tools and strategies or uh, the courses and videos, etc., that we have on there, in compare in combination with these video with these accountability check-ins, as we have them tomorrow again, tomorrow night, yeah, tomorrow night. Um, then I think we are on a very good track of actually putting in the effort and the work to understand how habituation works, of defining habituation as the moment when your subconscious and conscious mind are no longer negatively impacted by tinnitus, therefore it not constantly being at the forefront of your attention. And then it just comes naturally that you forget about it, right? That it's not fully present anymore. Even though you would probably say, yes, I mean, yes, if you listen into it, then it's still there. Yeah. But yeah. So I think yeah. Cause right now it's definitely still 24 seven in the forefront of my mind. Like there's yeah. maybe some moments if I'm super focused at work or have something mm. going on where it's it's not there, but I would say it's still for the most part in the forefront of my brain. Mm. And yeah, so, mm. and that's exhausting. I mean, it's exhausting thinking about something that is bothering you for mm. 24 seven. It just, mm. your mind gets exhausted, but at the same time, absolutely, it doesn't let go. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But think about it this way, Petra. The exhausting part is not the thing itself. The exhausting part is not the tinnitus itself. Because I mean, by that, by that point, I'd be having chronic fatigue syndrome and wouldn't get out of my bed anymore, right? With one deaf right. ear and the hearing aid and, and that tinnitus on that ear, right? So the exhausting part is in the same vein, like if you were to fight with your partner the whole day, 
Oh, I mean, what kind of energy would you have left at the end of that day? Nothing, right? Right. Like when you fight yeah. the whole day, your body's in fighting mode the whole time because mm -hmm. you're trying to solve something that's not to be solved here. Then, of course, you mm -hmm. lose all this energy. You feel bad. And then this bad feeling and feeling of not having energy left is directly attributed to your tinnitus. And how could you let go of it and not be focusing on it if that's the thing that makes you feel this way, right? Mm -hmm. So these are the core principles. And this is why I wanted to talk about today about this, because I think it's super important that we first understand how do we start to relate to tinnitus. And it's you are the, the, the prime of all of the other people and exactly the same example of the perfect fixer. I myself am like that, but it takes some understanding and even more freaking courage to understand like, hey man, I got to stop fixing something that I don't have to fix. And and, mm -hmm. and th this is why this is why I think one of the most helpful things for you will be in future to experience that when you consciously step in there and choose not to fight with your tinnitus and then see how much energy you can conserve while letting the tinnitus be present rather than struggling with it. Then I, and and this is much more difficult than just giving into your emotional reaction and just like exhausting yourself and fighting for it because it feels like you need to fight against it, right? It feels like you need to because how could you accept something this awful that makes you feel this awful? But the problem yeah. is you, what you do is you keep it going. So as soon as you interrupt that cycle, because again, think about it. What is the thing that is exhausting you? Your tinnitus itself, the sound or the reaction and the emotions that you have towards it. Right. Yeah, it's, it's the reaction that's exhausting. Yeah. And it, but... it's so natural to have that reaction. And I know because we want to fix it. We want to get rid of it. But what if I told you you don't need to get rid of it in order to feel 80, 90% like normal again? Because what, what, of course, like if you exhaust yourself in this way, you don't feel normal. If you had a fight like this for the last six months with your partner every day, you'd probably broken up with your partner by now. Because he's like, I can't take it anymore. This is too much. It's too draining. You can't break up with your tinnitus. So you have to break up with your reactivity towards the tinnitus. And I told you that I think one of the core goals for you should be that when you're having a very loud day, to see how much can we get out of quality of life, quality of experience, even on a bad day. And when we slowly but steadily get those results in, so we slowly and steadily reel those results in that you feel better, even on a very loud day, then you don't have to fear these loud days anymore. Ergo, these loud days will fuel your anxiety fire less and less. Then you feel less drained and you feel like you don't need to fear those as much anymore. I, I know it's a slow process and I know we always want to see big results, but one of the first steps for me would be to make you understand that while you can't always control your tinnitus, the thing that you can most control is how you react and respond to it. And when you save a lot of energy in that way, then you will blame the tinnitus less for being so tired and completely exhausted, you know? And, yeah, and this is the road towards habituation, right? This is not... The, this is just like sort of like game plan for you now. And for a lot of people it will look a lot differently. So if people have questions, they're welcome to send them in via email or whatever. But I think for you, it's important that we have a game plan of how the next couple of weeks and maybe one or two months can look like 
in order for mm-hmm. you to make like the progress of saying like, oh, look, like I feel completely different. My tennis is still there, but I feel completely different. Imagine if you felt 90% better and the tennis was the same as it was. I mean, maybe it's not unthinkable for you right now, but I 100% think it's possible. Yeah, I think because in my head, I'm still feeling like like I'm, I'm broken. There's something broken inside of me yeah. that shouldn't be broken. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, I get yeah. that frequently as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, by by those standards, I would be fifty percent broken from a hearing perspective, at <laughs> least, or even more, probably eighty percent, maybe. Um, I think I think it's very important that we put these thoughts to the test, and a thought is a thought, and not always. 100% truth, right? I, I also say this a lot and Tanika will laugh when she's hearing this now from the community uh, because I always say to her like, look, Tanika, if I could show you my bank account right now, uh, maybe there's 100 million euros in there. Do you think that's the truth? Maybe I could think that, my, look, maybe, maybe, maybe someone accidentally sent me 100 million euros. I can keep them and now I have 100 million euros. Apart from the fact that I would still love doing this podcast and still because I just love doing this and love running the community, this thought, while being a very nice thought, I mean, other thoughts can be very bad, not nice thoughts, is probably not true. So what mm-hmm. we need to do is we need to see or also, and this is something that's very valuable with tinnitus and often it's very challenging, I know, but once we've gone through this, we can learn to understand our thoughts and the relations to our behavior and the reaction that we have consequently and the emotions to it a lot better. And once we do that, we become much more literate in understanding ourselves and how we respond to certain things and events. So what I'm saying is you might want to, instead of saying like, oh yeah, this is broken and then letting yourself drift off in this emotional reaction to tinnitus, fighting it, you might want to mindfully say to yourself, I mean, there is a part of me that doesn't function as it used to function before, but then again, you're also not 16 anymore and neither am I so our sense of hearing just naturally starts to yeah to lose it a little bit in the same way that our eyes get worse or that I mean our our back starts aching more I mean um, me on the desk here the whole day I I could tell you a story or two about that but it's 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 part of life right part of part of life is suffering and that's not going to change but it's how we respond to that kind of suffering and how we respond also to to the perspective of telling us stories that keep us unhappy. So that would be the so the the one part um, uh, in the community and in the in the in the courses etc. and the and the programs and coaching. What I do is CBT and CBT cognitive behavior therapy approaches would tell you your thoughts are not always true. Yeah, question your thoughts a little bit more. Learn to say okay, take them with a grain of salt. Salt. Um, this this thought is only five percent true. This thought might be forty percent true. Does it really? Is it really reality, or is it just something that drives me down my anxiety rabbit hole again? Then the other part, the acceptance and commitment part, is something that's supposed to signal your brain that you can remain relaxed and not always go into this fight or flight instinct, although you're experiencing something uncomfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. This is something that I explain a lot in the podcast as well with the spider phobia. Right. Imagine there's a spider sitting up there and I'm like super spider phobiac. I'd probably freak out about the spider. But right. That's like I'm in Europe. We don't have dangerous spiders. Don't know about Canada, but we don't really have any dangerous spiders here. So 
my my brain is uh, my my body and my amygdala, so my fear and panic based center is putting out a reaction that's completely disproportionate to that tiny little itsy bitsy spider that's sitting up there that's absolutely not dangerous. And with tinnitus, but it's very exhausting and tiring. Imagine having a, a, a phobia attack all the time, the whole day. So yeah. it's a little yeah. bit less like that, but it's still very much on the edge of that because it's the same reaction with which your body responds to tinnitus. Mm -hmm. So what mm -hmm. we do with acceptance and commitment is we show you that you can experience tinnitus while your body and you are completely safe. And that reaction is disproportionate. And when you slowly but steadily learn to incorporate that, you will start to feel 10% better. You will start to feel 20% better, 30, 40, 50. And suddenly you will not have that massive energy expenditure anymore. And then that, that reason comes into thinking like, maybe I have reacted a little bit too much. Now, this is something that comes naturally and slowly. It's not something that we can force but it will come and it will get to get there. You will get there to the extent that your brain says a little bit like when you hear your dog in the kitchen running around, you know, it's your dog and not someone trying to break into your house at night. Right. Right. Cause you, you know, it's your dog. You're like, okay, well, I don't need to check because no one's breaking in. It's just a dog doing its stuff. So within with tinnitus, it would be like, Oh, it, I think it's know? that. Yeah. That that keyword that you said is the feeling safe because right now I think it, I don't have that feeling safe feeling Yeah. because I like, I immediately wake up and my boyfriend says, I, I'm just, all I'm doing is running away from it. So I'm not accepting it. So I wake up, I immediately, immediately put on sound of crickets <laughs> because I'm like, I can't hear it. Like I just, I, if I start hearing it first thing in the morning, then I'll start panicking. So I immediately put on a sound and then I immediately go, you know, to, to my work desk and put on another sound just so that I'm not having to face the tinnitus sound. And it's because of that feeling, like if I hear it, it, it doesn't make me feel safe. And those sounds in the background, like my whole relationship to sound now is so different it, it's really interesting um, how it also changes that perspective in your world. I've never yeah. paid so much attention to sound as well. Like yeah, even sound. other. Things. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's very normal. And I will need a lot of compassion for yourself here. Um, and I'm going to tell you why you act that way. Uh, you act that way because your brain is trying to protect you because you experience yeah. so much negativity and so many terrible emotions in relation to your tinnitus. And yeah. everyone, hey, please, I get you. And everyone listening to this, I, I get you. Of course, you don't want to face that continuously. And your brain is trying to say, okay, we don't want this discomfort. So let's try it. Let's avoid it. The problem, mm -hmm. though, is you keep it alive with that because you're not able to process it. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, so so we need to work this out in a safe way that you feel safe and that you can do it so that you don't overwhelm yourself. Right. So the one thing would be, can we convince yourself that you're still safe, even though you turn on the crickets one minute later after getting up? Let's say you are already putting on your shoes and just <laughs> every morning, one minute later with the crickets. 
And then slowly okay. but steadily feeling that you are a little bit safer. So you pat yourself on the back and say, Petra, well done. Tomorrow, another 10 seconds more. Yeah. And okay. with all the compassion in the world of saying, hey, brain, I understand you want to protect me from feeling all this pain again that I felt in the first few months with my tinnitus. I completely understand you. Very understandable. Super normal. Right. Because all the brain does is trying to protect us from all this pain that we naturally want to avoid. Very normal. I mean, this is this is the reason why people always like, why not people always like, like, why am I always unhappy in my life? And it's always the same story for every one of us. It's because our brains are 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 there to to protect us and to make us survive, not to make us happy, unfortunately. The human species is based on survival, not on happiness. So the brain is just trying to keep you from. <laughs> from dying and therefore tries to avoid any kind of uncomfortable things and things that, that that seem dangerous to you, right? And experiencing tinnitus in this way naturally seems so freaking dangerous and challenging. I get it. But that's what keeps yeah. it, right? Because you, you avoid it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I like that idea of just at least in like the taking the baby steps like okay mm. one minute later put on the sound or mm. and that kind of thing so yeah I, I mean it's essential that i mean in the same thing with the spider phobia if, if they do exposure therapy with a person sitting in the room together with the spider um mm. the therapist would make feel would tell the person hey look it's a european spider they don't do anything <laughs> And you're safe here, right? So the person would have a few therapy sessions and eventually the person would start thinking in their own head, look, I've been sitting here staring at the blank wall with the spiders on for 16 hours now. And the spider hasn't moved, not one centimeter. Why am yeah. I reacting like this, right? So while you need to feel safe and need to be able to feel like you can do it, the goals should be little. But I mean... Look, we have established this now. It's not the tinnitus. It's the being afraid of everything the tinnitus has caused that keeps you avoiding it, right? But the tinnitus can't do that itself. Tinnitus is just sound. A sound that you have established this connection to. Mm -hmm. So we need to disconnect that reaction and those emotions. And that's how we're going to do it. I think with that, like, because I always think about, because like, I'm, I can't see as well, like, I'm pretty blind if I take off my glasses. If I look mm. around, the world is like, very hazy and blurry. Mm. But I have no emotional reaction. I just put on my glasses. Right. And it's fine. Right. Whereas the tinnitus, it's like, I can't put something on. And it's not there. And I think that's the difference. Mm. It's like, with with my glasses off there's no emotional reaction because i can't see properly right because i have a fix yeah like that that for me is the biggest difference between you know i mean there are other ailments i have in my body as i'm getting older but it yep. seems like there's things you like you can take a painkiller or you can do this and like go for like a massage or whatever it is with tinnitus mm. it's it's such a mental, I almost think of it like it's a meditation challenge because <laughs> I, I, I used to meditate a lot and now it's like, I can't even, 
it's just this meditation challenge to accept something in your head that's going to be there mm. and not to emotionally react to it. So I see, think... Yeah. <laughs> see, see that, that's why I wanted to come in. The goal is not not to react to it. The goal ah. is not not to react to it at first, right? Okay. The goal is to allow yourself to react to it, but then to not react even further, right? So the goal is not to say like, okay, don't react to it. I, like right. don't avoid it, but also don't keep yourself from right. reacting to it because then you doing even more and more and more. And what you, what the, the thing that we want, you most to associate with tinnitus is nothing this we want you to feel like it doesn't matter whether tinnitus is there or not in the same way that when you take the glasses off it doesn't matter whether you're blind or not because then you put the glasses back on so it doesn't matter and the same yeah. thing is true for tinnitus and that's tinnitus habituation but of course that can only happen when you have no emotional reactivity or emotional feeling connected with the sound that you experience right so right. The, the goal is not to like to be some kind of Zen master. I, I'm not some kind of Zen master. I'm just a normal person. Like all these other people who have like I've been working with and who have habituated successfully to their changes. We, we are not some kind of like made of kind of Buddhist figures who sit around meditating 24 hours and therefore are happy people. Not at all. I say yeah. if you're a brain and if you're a human, then you can habituate to tinnitus. And everyone okay. has that capacity. But it's it's not in avoiding your reaction. It's in, first of all, allowing your reaction, but then not going against that reaction. First of all, you need to signal yourself. This is what we said with the baby steps earlier on, that you are safe even within the reaction. Because if the reaction itself becomes safe, your body gets the natural feeling of being safe while you're having the reaction, then, you're, then your brain will eventually stop releasing these stress hormones. Conversely, what you do right now or what many people do when they're, st when they're still in this, in this continuous fight or flight is that when they feel bad, when they have a bad thought, that bad thought releases further stress hormones. Those stress hormones further activate the body and the further activation of the body sends a signal to your brain saying something's really wrong here. And then you say, see, this is how I'm feeling because of my tinnitus. And you know, it doesn't stop there. It can go all the way to a panic attack, like you said. Right? It can be yeah. a constant state. It can be a constant state. So what I'm saying is you need to slowly but steadily create an island of understanding that you are safe even with your reaction, but you consciously choose not to get rid of this reaction, but to simply allow it. Because reaction, like emotions and feelings, they come and go like, like the tide. They come and then they go again. And if you right. can start feeling like those occurrences are safe, then you don't need to fight them as much anymore. And this is the core part of acceptance and commitment. And it would go a little bit too long and beyond of, of going into, into everything, but there are uh, fantastic parts on this in the, in the course material on acceptance and commitment and in the, in the, um, in the acceptance and commitment section um, uh, mm -hmm. in the community. So there, there's a lot of that kind of stuff on the training on acceptance and commitment itself, but acceptance and commitment is mostly there to make you feel like this response is safe to experience. And when you finally learn that this response is safe to experience, then you don't need to fight it anymore. So the whole thing is always on energy conservation, right? And that's what I always say. The more energy you manage to conserve by not further fighting, the more mm -hmm. you will relate that to your tinnitus not being so intrusive anymore. 
because you will not be fighting as much. You will not be losing as much energy. Therefore, your tinnitus will become less important to focus on. But it's a process. Yes, it's it's definitely a process. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny because right now, like as we've been talking, I mean, my tinnitus is, is blaring loud, but there are moments as we're talking because I'm so focused on our conversation. It's like, oh, oh yeah, there it is. So it's like to get that state, you know, even in my daily life, oh yeah, it's just there, no big deal kind of thing. Mm. So yeah but but that's exactly how you do it because in this moment <laughs> you know i also sit here and if i want to focus on it i also can clearly hear it but when yeah. i talk to you and i think about maybe hmm, what's for dinner tonight or uh, oh weather's terrible like you know that natural thing to hear it or to tune into it is not there so your brain completely blocks it out and that's the, yeah. the natural and normal state but now what you're still doing and it's very natural we talked about why it is like that of course, trying to keep it out as much as you can by actively doing something. And by doing that, you're putting more and more attention on it. So it naturally can't just disappear and go into the background. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> huh. Yeah, that was like a little light bulb in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like it 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 needs to at some level start to become okay to not yeah, constantly I've thinking about it, getting rid of it yeah i've made it into my life like my life is tinnitus instead of you know tinnitus being maybe 20 percent of my life it's like 80 percent of my life so i need mm. to like reverse those two numbers 100 percent, and yeah. I, I i i i think that as you feel like you, you claim more percentage back of your life without mm. needing to, to go into a tug of war with it, but simply doing it, you will see like, ah, yeah. oh, look, I, I actually can. Like, it's uh, for some reason, that's fine now, you know? Yeah. yeah. So maybe just one question, and I know it's different for everyone, but that yeah, sure. process to get to this habituation, like it just feels like, because I'm almost a year in, Hmm. And it it feels like it's so long. Like, it's just, is it, I know there's some numbers that say like, it can be like a year to 18 months, or is it just different per each person? Or is there like a kind of timeline of how this, like your brain will finally just click or I don't know. <laughs> I think it is very uh, different from person to person, but yeah. I, this is what I will say. I've seen people do it very quickly and I've okay. seen people take a very long time. And okay. I see that you have a great understanding of everything that we've talked about. And luckily it's recorded so you can listen to it again. And I think yes. the same thing will happen that Louis said to me, eventually the coin drops and then you just mm -hmm. got it. It's like, like learning to swim. Like eventually the coin drops and you're like, ah, and then that's it. And you're like, suddenly like, why, why did I, uh, why did I, uh, why, why was I so upset about this again? Right. And then it's just like, it just stops mattering. But, but, but I will, I will, I will say this. I, I think it's all about, first of all, and this is probably the most difficult part, to be willing to experience the discomfort. That's mm. the thing. 
the willingness of experiencing the discomfort of mm-hmm. allowing it rather than trying to do what comes naturally fighting it all the time wow and yeah some people some <laughs> people some people don't accept that and don't want to accept that and that's okay i think but i also that's... think that that's a lot of lifetime and energy wasted unfortunately because it's I not something that... that you need to fight yeah yeah because i've been i've been doing everything to run away from the discomfort so that's that could be the key to my like switch is not running away anymore yeah yeah because i mean while the discomfort can feel like bad in your body and sleeplessness Mm -hmm. and and anxiety and and all these kind of things like nothing will physically happen to you right like it is discomfort but once you stop relating this discomfort to tinnitus directly but more towards your reactivity around it then it becomes much more something that your brain itself will start to realize is an overshoot reaction but this is again it's something that you it's it's not something that you can force it's something that happens intuitively and within you so you will know when the process is completely completed and when you are habituated because you no longer feel bothered by it it's not something that people can take a boulder and throw it somewhere and say, I, I need to get this done now because that's yeah. not how it happens. It, right. it, it happens. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. that's, that's perfect. I mean, that, that alone has just woken me up a little bit in, in my, like how I'm relating to all of this. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I hope it's helpful. Um, imagine how much more energy you would have to just spend your life in normal if you didn't have to fight tinnitus as much. Oh right? my gosh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just imagine about all the energy that you would have if you didn't have to fight tinnitus as much, even if it would oh, still yeah. come along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. All right. Great. Great. Okay. Well, <laughs> I hope that this has been useful for you. I certainly um, enjoyed the conversation. I think everyone else uh, out there hopefully got a, po- a part uh, or two out of it as well for um, for uh, uh, for their own journey with tinnitus. Um, tomorrow uh, evening, uh, uh, you'll see whether you can make it. I know you're on holiday, so you're busy, probably doing nice things apart from focusing on tinnitus. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but tomorrow we have accountability check-in. Um, we have them every two weeks so people can uh, sign up and join us for accountability check-in and meet Petra and myself. Um, uh, we are at www.mytintus.club. Would be delighted to welcome you into our community. Uh, Petra, there anything, uh, any encouraging words, anything that you can share with the people who are listening to this, anything that you would encourage them to do or yeah, just something that you that you want to say at the at the close of the session today. Yeah, no, this was, I mean, amazingly helpful. There were definitely some light bulbs that went off in my head as we were just having this conversation. And again, just for anyone who's not part of the community, I mean, your community is fantastic. I just recently joined, um, so quite new to the community, but it's been 
it's been amazing and all the content and help you have in in the community is also amazing as well um you've been like honestly you've been that little light at the end of the tunnel so just thank you so much I mean it's it's a journey and it's not an easy journey but it's there's that light at the end of the tunnel so thank you <laughs> uh, awesome that's uh Huh, that's what I uh, that's what I also need to hear sometimes because I told you at the start it's difficult sometimes uh, building a business and and being a solo entrepreneur and building these things without like foreign capital and getting investors yeah. who tell you what to do what way and I'm just doing it all by myself but I'm I I always at least I always literally know what I'm doing it for so this was also rewarding for me to see that uh, what I'm doing and what I have been spending uh, the better part of the last decade on is uh, starting to help people and starting to make an impact. Yeah. Well, you definitely are. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. So thank you. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay, Petra, then uh, I will pause uh, the uh, episode here and uh, I'll see you very soon in the uh, community. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey. And that concludes episode 56 on the Outering Tinnitus podcast. Thank you everyone for tuning into today's show and episode. Um, just a very quick word. If you haven't subscribed and liked the podcast, this is something that uh, really does help me as a creator reach more people who are dealing with tinnitus, reach more people listening to this podcast and if you've found it helpful. And if you're looking for further resources, um, as was Petra said, um, joining us in our accountability check-in to really getting your journey to habituation uh, advanced, then join us at www.mytinnitus.club. You don't only support my cause, but you meet um, a, a vast a community of people who are going through exactly the same with you, some being earlier on in their stages to habituation and some being already more advanced on the path. And each and every single one of you guys can benefit from all the knowledge that we have combined in our community. So in order to get yourself that summer special uh, for the month of August for a um, subscription that also, of course, includes a free two weeks trial, go to www.mytennis.club. And yes, thank you for subscribing, liking the podcast, sharing it with the people that you think um, could benefit from it, but also with the people who you think should understand what people with tinnitus are going through, right? Take it to your ENT, take it to your GP. Tell them, um, yeah, to be a little bit more gentle with the people who deal and experience tinnitus and that really this is an issue that we all need to tackle together. Anyways, I hope every one of you is having a fantastic summer. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you have any questions or comments. Um, I'll put my email in the show notes. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the next one. And this is it. Signing off. Episode 56 concluded. Thank you for all your support. And I'll hear you in the next one. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. I am looking forward to also welcome you on my website at outringtinnitus.com or if you have any questions, please mail to frida at outringtinnitus.com. See you next time.